You're listening to WHTT Speaks Out. Each week, Chuck Carlson and members of We Hold These Truths look into events that are, for the most part, ignored or overlooked by the mainstream media. And we analyze these events to get free and periodic updates to this program and our other interesting programs. Be sure to enter your email address in the subscribe to WHTT box on the right side of our website, WHTT.org. And now, ready, set, let the sparks fly. In today's WHTT Speaks Out, we're going to be talking about one of our favorite activities here at uh, We Hold These Truths. Since 2002, we have been conducting vigils in front of uh, Christian Zionist churches and big organizations like Christians United for Israel and at their events. And we're going to be handing this over to our West Coast Outreach Director Craig Hansen to talk about a recent vigil. We've uh, changed the venue, if you will, and so we're looking to reach more Christians to challenge them with the message that Christian Zionism does not really represent Christianity. And so we want to thank the folks in Fresno that stepped up the plate. They've done a number of vigils, and I'm going to turn this over to uh, Craig Hansen. Thanks, Craig. Well, thank you, Tom. Ladies and gentlemen, with us this evening are our intrepid vigilers in the uh, Fresno, California area. David Jacobs is the Fresno area director for We Hold These Truths, and he and his team will, will be sharing their experiences from the vigil that uh, they held on Sunday, March 3rd, 2019, at the Save Mart Center in Fresno. Dave, are we doing vigils outside of grocery stores now? Uh, tell us what the Save Mart Center is and why you and your team were there. Save Mart Center is a 16,000-seat uh, arena on the Fresno State campus that they hold these different entertainment events. Fresno State basketball team plays there and so on and so forth. And so this happened to be a public event called the uh, Road Tour. And with Christian bands, there was Matthew West and 10th Avenue North and Matthew Mayer, uh, Michael W. Smith, and uh, Leanna Crawford were there. Now, usually, we hold these truths. We're going to places like Tom mentioned with uh, Christian Zionist churches or Christians United for Israel events or even the Southern Baptist Convention that are pro-Christian Zionists, and it's just right out there in the front. Why this Christian concert? Patty brought my attention to it, and I started to... um, do a little research on who the uh, people performing were. And the one that I recognized was uh, Michael W. Smith. He's been performing since the mid-80s. So I I knew his name from listening to some of his music back then. I don't know uh, how he's progressed. I don't listen to him now. But I think it was the Holy Spirit just kind of opening my mind, thinking that, okay, I'm a parent and grandparent, and my kids were oh, I don't know, around 10 years old or so when listening to this music dance. So I'm thinking, okay, it's a family event. There's going to be parents and grandparents and you know, grandchildren and all of that going to this event and a pretty good cross-section of the community. And so I thought it would be a good opportunity to, uh, to go out there with our uh, signs and our information and hopefully talk to some people, engage some folks in some conversation about why we uh, make the stand uh, for peace and life with WHTT. So what kind of signs were you carrying there? Oh. Stop the Israeli occupation of Gaza. 
about the ethnic cleansing? Zionism is racism. Is Jesus Christ or the state of Israel the fulfillment of Bible prophecy? Choose this day which? No more wars for Israel. Pro-peace or pro-war? Which one are you? Zionism, the strong delusion Mm -hmm. with Old Testament and New Testament scriptures. We had quite a few people approach us just asking about what does this sign mean about is Jesus Christ or the state of Israel the fulfillment of Bible prophecy? We always get a lot of questions on that one. Did you get to interact with uh, many people? Anybody can jump in on that? Twyla, your experience? Yeah, first off, we had a very captive audience of people that were just probably there a good 20 minutes just standing in line. So it was like an old spaghetti restaurant. We're looking at them. They're looking at us. (laughs) (laughs) You know, (laughs) finally somebody got brave enough and walked up to us. It was a young lady, probably about 25, 28. Mm -hmm. She wanted to know, you know, what we were there for. So we started off with the, uh, is Jesus Christ fulfillment of prophecy or Israel? And she said, of course, Jesus. And then she wanted to know basically what the deal was with the Palestinian issue. And I said, well, you know, we got this wall between Gaza and Israel. And they're saying that that it is their land and it's being backed by Christians here in the United States. They're sending funding and they basically go in. How do they say it? I'm some kind of an assumption that the state of Israel had a biblical right. And it does not. And that the establishment of the state of Israel came from Christian Zionism. Mm -hmm. It is the belief here in the United States. So we we kind of interpreted God's promises of ownership over Canaan was given to Abraham and was fulfilled at the time of Joshua. And that Jews do have a special relationship with God. And we are grafted together with them and we represent the new Israel, the holy Israel, the nation of Israel, spiritual Israel. So cognitive dissonance is the mm-hmm. only word that would describe the look on her face. And we asked her, what scripture do you disagree with? Mm-hmm. Or what scripture comes to your mind as we're talking to you? She was there with a church group. Yeah, she wanted to know if we'd ever been to Israel. That was, ourselves. that was her first question. Yeah. Have you ever been there? And I said, well, of course, not, but we've had members of our group that have gone to Israel and into Gaza, and they know exactly what's going on there. She goes, well, I really don't think you can stand here and say what you're saying unless you've been there. And I said, well, she goes, our church goes all the time. We have Christians all over the United States to go there. I go, well, going on a Christian tour of Israel is a lot different than actually going into Gaza and see exactly what's going on there. They're not going to take you to those sites. But you have the letter, to you. Yeah. the letter from the Bethlehem Church. Yeah, and after, yeah, I have the letter from Bethlehem, and I go, these are Christian churches that are in Gaza. They're asking for help. It's being thrown on deaf ears. Nobody's listening. Mm-hmm. And she just looked at me, and I go, do you believe that there's Christian churches in Palestine? And she goes, hmm. I don't. I don't think there's. Yeah. I don't think there's any churches in Pakistan. But she was totally off the rails somewhere. She wasn't even listening. Her geography was off. <laughs> That's close. Well, Her, you know, when when you were describing yeah. this event, I really saw it as more of an educational 
event because I see myself going to concerts like that in years past. And I was a, I was a Christian Zionist and didn't really know about it. And I, I was never confronted with the, the facts of what Christian Zionism is and what it supports. So I, I saw your guys' mission there, uh, basically going to uh, people that didn't even know they needed to be educated. And so, Dave, tell me about, you said you had an encounter with a bookstore or something, learning about Michael W. Smith. What was that about? Yeah. Well, last week I had an appointment, and, and then I uh, decided to go over to the Rescue Mission thrift store. And they've got a good selection of books, and I always find something good there. And I see this book titled, Your People Shall Be My People. And that's on the back and spine of it. And then I pull it down. And uh, lo and behold, uh, on the front cover of it, it uh, well, the rest of the title is uh, Your People Shall Be My People, How Israel, the Jews, and the Christian Church Will Come Together in the Last Days. It's written by uh, Don Finto, but the forward on it is by Michael W. Smith, the very guy that's doing the concert. So I, I'm standing there in awe of what God has put in my hands that day. and at the beginning of the first chapter, the author quotes from Genesis 12, 2 and 3, and which is interpreted by the evangelicals as God blessing the United States of America because they support Israel, which is completely out of context of this book. It had a big influence on Mike Smith's life. So... That told me right there that we're dealing with a musician on this tour, and I'm assuming that the rest of them are pretty well versed in the same thought process. So that pretty much tipped me off and said, yeah, we need to be there to educate people. And then I had another conversation with an older guy that I think we've seen at one of the churches we did at Vigil Latin. He was telling us, I've been to Israel 70 times, and I haven't seen any of this stuff you're talking about. And I said, well, you mean the reports that come across in the BBC or even public television are in error of the um, Christian Arabs that are being on the West Bank that are being thrown out of their homes and being shot and wounded and maimed on a daily basis? None, none of that's correct. Well, I've never seen it. I said, well, well I guess you haven't been to the right places then. And so any. <laughs> So anyway, you know, he was just very adamant about kind of wanting to agitate things a little bit, and it was interesting. And then uh, Patty and I talked to four young people. They were very interested in what we had to say, and and we mentioned to them that these wars that continue to drain the economy of our country are going to be affecting your future. As a matter of fact, you might even be ended up pulled into the draft because there's talk about reinstituting it. They're right at that age, so. It was nice talking with them. I got to talk to the Samaritan group. They're the crew that moved Christian entertainers or the Christian music, supposedly. They move all their equipment. And actually, he told me they were doing their 10th annual road show. That's what was happening on Sunday. I got to talk to him, and he came over and he goes, I just want to introduce myself to you. And I said, well, I'm pleased to meet you. And he told me a little bit about himself, that he'd been working with this group for several years, and he says, I just think it's important that you know that these guys in here that sing, they've got really good hearts. 
And I says, you know, and I appreciate that. I really do. I says, because of their music ministry, we have an audience for the word of God today and for the truth in a way that they may have never heard it. So we're glad you're here. And we'd like to know when you're coming back through, we're going to be looking into more of these types of concerts because we believe God's trying to speak to evangelicals today. Not just evangelicals, but the Christian American at large here in our country. We need to hear this truth. And then he asked, aren't you afraid of being called anti-Semitic? And I said, oh, absolutely not. I'm not having a problem with that. Anti-Semitism has actually nothing to do with Zionism. Zionism is an ideology. It's a political state. And it is driving all of us to global war. I said, so that's why it's important that we be out here. And it's more important for us to reach other Christians. And it's very important that we reach the pastors. That's very good, Kitty, because the point you make there from the gentleman talking to you, he said, oh, these guys are good guys. Well, all of us here, we hold these truths. We were all good guys and gals when we believed in Zionism, too. So (laughs) it's not an either or. And that's what I try to say. It's not an us and them. It's an us that we're all in this together. And we're different levels of understanding of what Christian Zionism is all about. Thank you so much, Kitty, for, for doing it, because that, to me, is one of the key things in this whole education process as people come to venues like this. And obviously, they were looking for a good time not to be confronted with ethnic genocide in Gaza, but they weren't expecting that. But hopefully, some seeds have been planted here and that people will start looking for other answers and there's, there's so many uh, other avenues out there. When I first heard about Christian Zionism, I didn't even know what it was. I typed it in on my search engine, and We Hold These Truths came up, and the rest is history. So thank yeah. you guys so much. Going out there, being bold, to stand out there with your signs. I mean, they're incredible signs. They're very, in a sense, in your face. Stop Israel's ethnic cleansing of Gaza. That's such a clear message. And yes, that's what's going on in challenging these Christians and maybe just people that wanted to come for the concert. They had no, it wasn't no... clear enough, Craig, because people were still confused. Tell me about that, Patty. How so? Well, because that's what they said, and we overheard that too. And I felt it was kind of a different vibe. I had a lot of empathy for the people in line because, you know, this is not something that they were expecting. This is exactly. a happy time. You know, they were, they were going to be entertained. And so it was kind of a shock probably to them to see this, to see us out there. And there was a heavy police presence and security. And yet we were allowed to do that. And we had these signs in your face. And a lot of people didn't understand. And I think they were too embarrassed because they were all with other people in a group to come forward and even express that and ask a question and talk to us. So I could feel these hundreds of eyes just like boring through me, staring at me, staring at the signs and trying to figure it out. Kitty and Twyla saw other people getting out their phones and taking pictures and taking down the website. And there was another gentleman that did take some literature and he was well-dressed. And I asked him, are you a pastor? And he said, no. But he said, I really 
study geopolitics. When he said that, he was telling us, I know what you're doing. Mm. And then the gentleman, he had been on 70 tours. We actually run into him at another church where they were doing a concert. And I remembered him because he said that, well, I've, have you been to Israel a lot? And there's 70 times. And, I, and so I asked him, I said, are you a journalist? And he said, no. And I said, well, are you an arms dealer? <laughs> and he said, no. And then he just kept badgering me and saying, well, you need to go to Israel. You need to go. You need to go. Well, just because he's been there 70 times on a sanitized propaganda tour doesn't mean that he's in the Oval Office sitting next to Bibi Netanyahu and knows mm-hmm. the intricate workings of the Likud party. Mm-hmm. He's just a tour guide. Mm-hmm. You know, he goes where they tell him to go. And he said, well, I've been all over. Well, it still doesn't mean that you know exactly what's going on. All right. Anybody else that's uh, listening right now, any questions for our, our Fresno group? I want to make a comment, particularly as most interesting to me about these comments from people that really didn't want to engage in the Bible, but were throwing up the defense of, have you been to Israel? And personally, I've experienced this at various vigils that we've had over the years, but having gone to Israel based in Bethlehem and Palestine, I can say that I've been there and I've seen both sides of the issue. So it's definitely a defense mechanism to shut people down because you're absolutely right. They typically only see the sanitized version, and uh, they're told by the Israeli guides that the Palestinians are terrorists and it's not safe there, and that's completely untrue. I walked through Bethlehem even at night and felt very safe there. So it's quite amazing uh, to me that uh, people look at these issues so shallow. So just by your presence and the signs, uh, we hope that people are looking and uh, thinking about the issue. Any one of our other listeners and uh, contributors have any questions for Fresno Group? Yeah, I have uh, four points I like to make when I try to make this issue about what's going on in Israel and and Palestine. And the four points are, first of all, uh, Israel is an apartheid state is one thing. I'd like to point to the 1948 map of Israel and Palestine and, and the size of Israel now versus what it was in the beginning in 1948 and how small Palestine is now as a sliver. I also like to emphasize the dual citizenship of our own politicians here and their sworn allegiance to Israel over the U.S. Constitution and that they have sworn an allegiance that actually will have our young people fighting a war on the behalf of Israel. Israel won't have to engage in a war. We'll fight it for them. And the last thing I'd like to to mention is there's a couple clips out there where they show Israeli soldiers bragging and laughing about actually shooting off legs of children to cripple them for life. And I'd like to, to send that out there. Those visuals right there, that video there, and those, those soldiers laughing. If, if that doesn't shake people up to understand what's going on there, then there's no hope for these people. Yes. Thank you, Steve. Well, you, you did talk to one guy about Palestine not even being in existence. Oh, yeah, one... One fellow I talked to was um, trying to bring up the point that it wasn't called Palestine before it was changed to Israel. And I said, it's always been Palestine until 1949, and they started moving in and taking over. But he did take a flyer from me. He said he would check it out. Could you give us a little idea of what your flyer said that you gave to people and what the response was? First of all, thank you, Craig, for uh, 
putting this new one together. I'm going to hand it to somebody. You're reading, uh, does the Bible require followers of Jesus to support the Jewish state of Israel? Well, no. And uh, think for yourself. And I change this up a little bit. Think for yourself. Question all pastors and politicians. Do your own research. Be a Berean. Acts uh, 17:11. And then what do Christian Zionists believe? As I was handing them out, I said, if I gave you some information, uh, would you take the time to read it, please? And they took them and said yes. That turned out pretty well. It was not a hostile situation like we've run into in front of actual churches, but it was a little more uh, amiable. Maybe it was because of the fact that it was the kind of venue that it was, and they were in the mind to go see a good show. Thank you. I just have one other comment, and that is, even though you know we had some signs that had scripture on them, they still didn't know who we were. Some people asked if we were Christians. It, well, that's it, always an excuse. Difficult. They can dismiss you as not being Christian, so they can dismiss the message. When we've been challenged like like that over the years, and so sort of a defense mechanism that hey, well, these guys aren't obviously Christians. Yeah, you know. I was looking at faces of the crowd, and I know that I was feeling the Lord in this. And as I was looking at them, I just didn't get the feeling that there was much discernment amongst them at all. And I believe that it's endemic of the church today that they've lost their biblical discernment, and there's a disastrous loss of biblical knowledge. And and their discernment, there's not going to be any survival without sound doctrine. And biblical apostolic doctrine is just missing in the church. And everything that I'm hearing truly is a doctrine of devils. And I say that because it focuses people on themselves rather than on a crucified Christ who died for sins. And they are unaware that their souls are at stake. And Paul said in Ephesians, he says, we are dead in our sins and our trespasses. And Jesus said to take up your cross and follow him. But it's just the opposite teaching here. They're saying that it's okay to exalt yourself and go out there and build yourself up and make all this money and so on and so forth, having a high opinion of yourself instead of being humble. And having this high opinion of ourselves is the problem. It's our sinful nature. And face it, I mean, we're wretched sinners. And Paul says that we're all going to be accountable to God. And the cause of our sin was the blood of our Savior, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And I listen to different messages from some of the churches that we've been to, and I'm just not hearing this being preached at all. And that's that's the issue, and that's what I saw in the hearts of these people, that they're just not understanding who they are, and they have no knowledge of it. And as I've been looking at some of this stuff, too, I've, I've come across a couple of different terms that I found pretty interesting. First one is uh, Christian nationalism, and that's a heresy on the assumption that America has God-ordained supremacy based on religion, and that's a perversion of the gospel and idolatry uh, of the worst kind. Mm -hmm. 
And then there's this new one. This is what this author of this book is uh, part of. It's called the New Apostolic Reformation. And that's a blasphemous belief that the conversion of Jews is the trigger that will bring about the return of Christ. And so this is stuff that these people are hearing, being taught by either their ministers or, or these other false teachers that are bringing this into the pulpit and ignoring the true doctrine of Scripture that uh, we all need that feeds our souls and brings us closer to God. Wow. David, thank you for that. One of my favorite signs that go along with what they're saying there, David, is, is Jesus is not a Zionist. That puts it, we love Jesus, we follow him, and we're following him, and we're not following Zionism. And your other sign, which says Christian Zionism is the strong delusion from Second Thessalonians. There will be times when the, the Christians will be deluded. And when you're in deception, the worst part about deception is you don't know that you're deceived. <laughs> so you're, you're kind of stuck in there until something comes along and kind of hits you in the face. And, and my prayer is that your signs and your presence out there in front of the Save Mark Center on Sunday will have put something in the face of these people like, what were these people about? What does that mean? And the Lord, by the Holy Spirit, will stir that and stir them to action. I'll tell you, there was no spirit in that arena at all. I was extremely disappointed with what I heard. It could have just been any secular rock concert. But they're doing this in the name of the Lord. But the music that uh, we witnessed, in my mind, is Christless, bloodless, crossless Christianity that's not going to save anybody. But tickles the ears, I guess. It tickles the ears, yeah. I was saying get up and clap and party and wiggle your booty and all of this stuff. It was terrible. I certainly wouldn't take my grandchildren to it. So that was a thing that Kitty mentioned, that guy that she talked to, says, oh, they're all good people. Well, yes. there's, uh, you know, there's a lot of good people that are going to hell. And <laughs> yeah. so um, you've got to have the blood of Christ cleansing your heart and freeing us from the sin, or they're going to be very disappointed on Judgment Day. Thank you so much, all of you, for, for taking your part. Thanks for listening. If you like this program, please let your friends know about it and our other thought-provoking podcasts. And be sure to visit our website, whtt.org, for a wealth of information on Christian Zionism and other critical issues that we face. Also at whtt.org, you can watch for free our award-winning documentary film, Christian Zionism, The Tragedy and the Turning, Part 1. Join us in our efforts to wake the town and tell the people. Start small, think big, and press on towards the straight gate.